0: <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Your Questions and answer. We're deciding what foot to cross today. Um, no, I'm not going to cross my feet. I'm not going to be the same as you. It's got to be different. <laughs> be you. Be you, Todd. <laughs> All right, so um, we're here. This is our weekly podcast. We talk about um, a lot of topics, uh, mostly centered around the sermon, but I wanted to back up a little bit because last week we forgot to tease something. Which involves your facial hair, no. which is a very weird thing to talk about on the podcast, but we are going to talk about it because you've had a change in facial hair. I have. And you're not going to explain what it is right now.
1: No, just that none of the girls and women in my life will look at me okay. until it grows back, which is getting there. But I have a feeling, since it's where you and I are both in on this little secret,
0: that the reason behind your facial hair transformation is going to be mm-hmm. manifest... For family Christmas night,
1: yep you got to come to family Christmas night to find out why okay. I shaved my face and risked the wrath of all the women in my life that's a pretty big deal
0: mm-hmm. okay, so family Christmas night, if you don 't attend hillside is a gathering we have that 's uh, really just about celebrating Jesus uh, celebrating mm-hmm. who he is during the christmas season it 's our Christmas spectacular, I would call it spectacular not a show, but it 's a gathering we have dinner yeah. and uh an awesome evening. So if you're interested, that's next Saturday, yeah. which on the podcasts may not line up, but it's Saturday the 9th.
1: So. Yeah, it's going to be really good. If you've been following the message series that we're in right now, talking about inner healing and strongholds and deliverance, it's going to be a really powerful night for them. Awesome. That. The God of promises, how he always comes through. And in the end, the promise is always peace, always peace in the end of it. So. Great.
0: Yeah. So I'll put a plug in if you're interested in coming. Uh, you could sign up via our office or hillsidechristian.org, and you can get free tickets. We do need a ticket, though, because there's a, a meal involved, and we need to make sure we have a count and uh, all that. But love to see you next Saturday. It's the 9th, starting that uh, doors open at 5 p.m., dinner starts at 5.30.
1: It's filling up, too. I just saw the sign-up okay. sheet, and uh, we do run out of room in that sanctuary with the tables in there. So so don't delay. Don't be a hillside words- person and wait till the last minute to sign up because you might find yourself, like, one of the virgins who forgot to fill her lamp with oil.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we won't do that. No. I definitely sign- want to be that guy. I definitely signed up this year. So. <laughs> All right. Well, moving right along. This past week, you talked about you continued your series on strongholds, which is fantastic. Um, really comprehensive, um, you know, series on strongholds, how to deal with them. This week was more about jumping into, actually. Be delivered from strongholds, not mm-hmm. bad strongholds, rather, and building new ones. Um, yeah. um, and we have some questions centered on, well, really some, some complex things regarding uh, spiritual warfare, regarding the devil. So I wanted to jump in with you, and we'll see where we go from here. All right. uh, the first question was regarding uh, Satan, God, and Job. And that's a very, very big, complex subject, but how does, how does it relate to strongholds? Can we talk about this in a podcast uh, in the short amount of time we have? What would you say as far as, far as talking about that relation, talking about, um,
1: yeah, just dealings of Satan and God together with Job? Yeah. yeah, I mean, as it connects to what I've been sharing with strongholds, and I'd like to limit it to that because sure. Job is a huge masterpiece of a work. And um, there are a lot of subjects that come up in it, but this one I think is more, I I was sharing about how the devil has no authority to do anything in our life unless we give him permission. Mm -hmm. So we open the door for evil, we open the door, we have complete authority over our body, mind, soul, and spirit. So the devil can't have any of that without our permission. That being said... Um, there are times that he finds a way in and there is evil in the world and it's not always a result of what we did. That's Job. He was, the the Bible says that he was upright, he was perfect in all of his ways. The only one described that way but Jesus in the mm. scriptures. And yet we find this moment where Satan, the rest of the sons of God as they're called are appearing before God and uh, <laughs> find this moment that I I've joked around about it, but I really mean it. That there are certain things I hope to hear one day in heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant, my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Right. I hope I never hear the words uttered in heaven. Have you considered my servant Steve? Because <laughs> that's what started the whole thing. Yeah. Was that? Uh, I mean, Satan didn't even come and say, "Hey, this Job, he's really irritating me." God in- in- initiated the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The the bottom line is, God. You know, Satan said, "Well, you know, he he only." loves you because you put a hedge around him, because you bless him, and he only loves you because of that. You take away all of that, and he'll curse you to your face. That's the beginning of the book of Job. But God, in in both instances, so there's that first instance in chapter 1, and then he loses everything. Um, Chapter 2 comes along, and God says, See, he didn't curse me. You took everything from him. Hmm. That's an important thing to make sure we catch. God did not do any of that. In fact, one of the messengers even comes to Job at one point and says, "Fire came down from heaven. God, fire came down from heaven, which was wrong. Mm -hmm. Satan did all of that. God had nothing. God did not do anything to harm Job. Satan did it all." Um, Chapter two comes along and God gives him another restriction: okay, you can touch his body, but you can't kill him. And I think how if the question came in about that, it probably connects to God gave permission. So God can also give permission Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, for things to happen. Why he does that, that's another subject for another day. That's (laughs) where I mean can of worms. I'm going to keep the lid on that can of worms for today. The bottom line is Satan cannot do anything without our permission, without God's permission in our lives. He has no power. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. That leaves absolutely zip for the devil and the whole kingdom of darkness.
0: Praise God. That is powerful.
1: No authority but he still has some power, and he still there's a lot of damage with that power he has. Yeah. Okay. Well, since it is a big topic and we're limited in
0: time on our podcast, are there resources you can think of? This is putting you on the spot, but we can <laughs> post it down below in the comments. You know who, so,
1: if I were going to read the book of Job and really come to an understanding of it, mm-hmm. I would go with, um, of course, his name now that I'm on the spot in front of a camera. It's going to jump out of my head. Uh, Bob Sorge. Has a work called "Pain, Perplexity, and Promotion," and I believe that's the one where he digs in on Job, mm-hmm. and has some really great insight as a man who's endured a lot of suffering in his own day, uh, in his own body. Yeah, and it's powerful. It's to me, it, it's my favorite book uh, dealing with the Book of Job. All right, and it's really that's well worth the read. So, may not be the right book, but it's definitely Bob Sorge.
0: We'll find that book and link it book. below. All right, All right, that'd be great. Good. All right, so the next question then. Uh, also relates to this, and the the question what came in um, regarding uh, some of the phrasing in First John three regarding wow. our uh, really the the warning it has on people who sin, um, mm-hmm. and it seems like the the person who wrote in said it seems like what's written in First John three in that section on sin contrasts pretty severely with Paul's general outlook on sin and grace. It doesn't seem to be as grace filled in First John three compared to Paul's entire work in the New Testament. So, yeah. how does that relate to strongholds? Can you comment on that? Answer that. Clarify that question.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, let me turn there. All right. um, John, you know, I know that Paul wrote a lot about grace, but John did too. He's the apostle of love. The word love shows up more in John's gospels than John's gospel and letters more than all of the gospels combined. Mm. Besides his, so he's he's all about love too. But he, he had a balance to it, and he had some clarifications. We said John First John 3? Yeah. 1 John 3. First John 3. All right, let me read it then, I think we can dig in on this, and we can connect it to Paul, actually. So I'll start with First uh, John 3, verse 4, I think is the section she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him... There is no sin. So that's an important phrase I'm going to bookmark in everybody's okay. head right now. In him, there is no sin. No one who abides in him. That's another bookmark and highlight underline to put in your Bible. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. That's that's the harsh language I think that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, So, little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned since the beginning. Mm -hmm. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin. That's the fourth time we've had that word Mm "practice" now in this whole passage, because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Mm -hmm. So, that is extreme language. It's very hard on there, so it's really important that we get this. So, in studying the Word, here's uh, just an important principle for all Bible study. If you back up a couple chapters, John said, and I think we, we talked about this last time or two times ago, mm-hmm. that at 1 John 1, verse 5 and 6-ish says, um, if anyone says he is without sin, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Yeah, pretty harsh. So. Yeah. All right, so if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. And here it's saying if you continue to sin, to, this is to born again, right? This mm-hmm. is to Christians, then you would never, you know, it almost seems like you were never saved in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there's an apparent contradiction in the Word of God within two chapters. So that deserves some digging in and understanding. So simply put, chapter three, it's about practicing sin. Practice makes perfect, practicing righteousness. Or practicing sin. So we are already abiding in Him. He is already abiding in us. This whole subject of strongholds is all about the sin that remains in us. Mm-hmm. It's not about our identity. This is not a topic or discussion of whether you're saved or not. It's a discussion of how much are you abiding in Him and how much is He abiding in you. So nobody abides perfectly in Jesus yet. Nobody I've met anyway. Mm -hmm. I liken it to when you have these intense moments in worship, whether it's in the corporate setting or privately in your prayer closet, and you're just caught up with Christ. You are in heavenly places with Him. Can you even fathom being tempted to sin in a moment like that? Yeah. You're just so caught up with the mm-hmm. fact that He's alive in you. He loves me. I love Him. I'm learning about Him. He's exploring the depths of my heart. And, and it's just, you're, you're so caught up. You, you would never sin in a moment like that. Mm-hmm. That's perfection of us abiding in Him and Him abiding in us. That's the Mm. perfect ideal. That's the goal and what we're all heading toward as we're practicing righteousness. Mm. That's what happens. What this is addressing is if you continue to practice sin, which means I am intentionally continuing in sin, even though I'm born again, even though I know better, I'm shaking my fist. I'm saying, nope, I don't care, God. I'm going to do this anyway. We're playing a dangerous game. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not the one Who is struggling with sin, who falls and sins, as chapter one said, if you claim to be perfected and you have no sin in you, you're a liar. Hmm. All right, he said that two chapters ago. This is the balance to that, that, all right. That doesn't mean that you just continue in sin and ignore it and Mm -hmm. just move on with life and act as though you don't have a Holy Spirit on the inside of you who's transforming you and perfecting you in righteousness. So practicing sin is different than stumbling into sin because we've resisted it and failed, even if it's for the thousandth time. Mm -hmm. What John was really going after here in both chapter 1 and 3 was a the early days of what we what we know as gnosticism it was a belief system that basically i don't want to go too deep into it for mm-hmm. time's sake but it it made the physical reality all evil everything to do with flesh everything to do with this world that we can touch see and hear that it's evil that in order to be Uh, born again as it connected with Christianity. In order to have supernatural life that lasts forever, you have to transcend the physical world. And so there are two extremes when it comes to how it blended into Christianity and what John really was going after with his gospel and his letters was that there were some who said, well, since you're a spiritual being now and you've transcended reality, what you do with your body doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and sin away because this body is going to perish. It doesn't really make a difference. As long as you have the knowledge of what it takes to become a supernatural, eternal being, Mm -hmm. you're good. Mm -hmm. That was one extreme. So let us sin so that grace might abound would be their motto. On the other extreme were people who said, well, if you sin at all, anything you do in the body right now means that you have yet to transcend that physical reality. Hmm. And um, so you can see how both extremes could really get you off. What John's getting at is um, no one who is born of God Practices sin because the seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. If we connect that back to what Paul said in chapter seven of Romans, mm-hmm. he kept saying, you know, this thing, the thing I don't want to do, I do; the thing I want to do, I don't do. And he goes and he says, it's yet not I, but sin that dwells within me. Mm-hmm. It's not me. This is not who I am right now. It's not my nature right now to sin. Mm-hmm. It's that I still have like a disease. I still have some sin that remains. Mm-hmm. And I, I take it, I don't take it lightly. I don't partner with it. I don't love it. I hate the fact that I still have this disease that keeps infecting me and keeps mm-hmm. causing me to do things I don't want to do and not do things I want to do. So it's not my identity. This passage in chapter 3 is all about identity, um, who abides in him. Uh, No one who abides in him sins. No no one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure that no one deceives you. So in other words, your identity has nothing to do with that sin Hmm. that's in your life. That sin is something that's trying to overtake you trying to cause you to to lose the joy of your salvation, lose the life that you have mm. in it. But it's, it doesn't make you not a little child anymore just because you, you sin. Mm-hmm. What you don't want to do is fall into the trap of thinking that it's okay, I'll just continue on in this thing. Mm-hmm. That would be like in Romans 7 if Paul would say, you know, I've got some sin and some, a little bit of sins are, right? You know, mm-hmm. mostly righteous, yeah. but I've still got a little bit of sin. Mm-hmm. So I think that hopefully that answers the question that we're going after. He goes on and, and later on in this chapter connecting it to love, which is the ultimate demonstration of mm-hmm. how much of Christ in us has grown to fill us. And as I think I read last week, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Mm-hmm. So even if we take stock of the sin that remains, the sin that we have practiced in Mm. the past and are now trying to run from, uh, God's greater than our hearts, even if it condemns us and says, see, you're guilty as charged. Mm. Now we're we're giving ear. We can connect even what the question was about Job. Job. Satan's accusation was that the only reason why he loves you is because you bless him that's That's he has no actual faith in you no actual walk with you it 's all fake because he you know he's thankful that you take care of him and and yeah. the whole, the whole test was even tested to the extreme, he still loved God, never mm-hmm. cursed him mm-hmm. questioned him, but never cursed him mm-hmm.
0: uh, that does help. I think the key word you mentioned was practice, yeah, and really that's I think you ended your message on Sunday with that similar phrase too We mm-hmm. practice um Practicing excellence, be excellent at what is good. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. it with Romans sixteen nineteen, which I remember from that song, as well. But <laughs> now you got uh, it in my head again. Now, yeah, that's a great, great song. But I think that's the key, and I, I love the picture where you just talked about how, in a moment of worship, the farthest thing from our mind is is sin. At the mm-hmm. time when you have an encounter with Jesus in a in a corporate setting or even privately, and I think that's a, that moment right there is what we need to practice more of, mm-hmm. and less of other things. So.
1: Yeah, I appreciate
0: that. Thank you for diving into some of these things. And we'll put that book. Sorry to put you on the spot about the
1: book. uh, No, I think I remembered it. I think I I passed the test. Put it in there. So,
0: yeah, well, appreciate you guys. Thanks for jumping into this. um, And um, thanks for watching our podcast. And we'll talk with you soon. Mm -hmm. Take care.